This week on the Throncast, the hunt for the Katana fleet comes to an end. Watch out for the attack of the clones. It's time for the Throncast. Governor Price, these rebels have proven particularly stubborn. How do you intend to solve this problem? I need someone who sees a bigger picture. The Empire is getting better at anticipating our moves. I underestimated the commander. Previous attacks were clumsy, but this one was swift, precise. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Hello, and welcome to the Throncast. I'm your host, Nancy, and today we're discussing chapters 25 through 29 of Dark Force Rising. Joining me on this legendary journey are my co-host, Brian. Hello. Matthew. Hello. Amanda. Hello. And Tyler. Hello. <laughs> and we are back on our last chapter discussion episode for Dark Force Rising. We have finished book two of the series. Yeah. It rose. It, ro- it rose. <laughs> yeah. Dark Force rose. And let me tell you. <laughs> It was Did dark. it ever rise? <laughs> it was dark <laughs> and forceful. And there was there was there was a forcefulness to it. And now it has indeed risen. It has yeah. risen. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we don't have and much. Soon there, there's going to be a last, like a last uh, leadership or something like that. Command. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like the last leadership better. The last honestly. leadership. <laughs> His, his alternative title. His hey, alternative have, I, title. Person... <laughs> oh. uh, the final Fuhrer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, that would be a good Thrawn title. But... <laughs> I know. Like, that's the Space Fuhrer. That's... <laughs> yeah. They get Space Fuhrer. We just get the Groping Fuhrer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Moving on. <laughs> um, first order in the face. Okay, I'm sorry, listeners. If, if you haven't caught on to our uh, political affiliations by now, it's I'm your fault. A, I, it's nothing about that. I just don't want to talk about them. This is a, this is a safe space. <laughs> this, is a fa- this is a family podcast. It is. It's <laughs> not. Uh, so yeah, we don't have. Do you not remember fan fiction corner? It's not. A, this is <laughs> this is not a children's podcast. <laughs> Speaking of, so we don't. Not, not, not yet. Yeah, um, not yet. So we don't have oh, much in the name of uh, housekeeping or notes this week. Uh, no Thrawn on Rebels this week, sadly. But uh, but it was a good but episode. But the Last Jedi. But yeah, so we got a title for Episode Eight, and it's called The Last Jedi. And uh, someone quoted um, Obi-Wan's line from Heir to the Empire, which, of course, made me smile uh, because I always love that line. Not the last of the old Jedi, Luke, the first of the new. Uh, Except that there's going to be no new Jedi because the Jedi are stupid and suck and they need to do something different. Yep. Amen. Yeah, and Rey's going to be the first awesome new Jedi. Gray Jedi. Gray Jedi should be great force users for the win. <laughs> Je- the the Jed the new Jed yeah, yeah, I got the nothing. Jed no. The, the, the Jed new. 
The Jed Niet. So yeah, since we've got five chapters this week, let's get on get on with the show. Uh, chapter twenty five. We're finally at the Under the Sea Casino. Under uh, the sea. <laughs> enormous and amazing. And even Han Solo is impressed. And Han Solo is never impressed with anything. He is. The seaweed is always greener in somebody oh else's lake. <laughs> Stop it. Is <laughs> We're going to get sued. Oh, God. Nobody's I, I, I played Ariel that in rendition. <laughs> that, that, so, that part of your world song is the first thing I ever sang on television. So you guys can take it to Little Mermaid every day and I'll be good with that. So yeah, they're on the casino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Where is the casino, Nancy? It's the underwater space casino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, called the Coral Vanda. Uh, they are there... Uh, looking around for their contact uh see if they can uh find them um one of the things i love about this section is that zon is really elaborate with all of the world building and the descriptions and comes up with he crazy hard on the space names yeah the crazy <laughs> names for all the games except for hollow chests <laughs> Like, but this sentence, like, it's it's a thing of beauty. Yeah. A whole range of lugjack bars, tragald booths, hollow chess tables, and even a few of the traditional horseshoe-shaped warp tops favored by hardcore crinbid fanatics. Okay, you get crinbid and all that stuff, but then he can't even call it degeric. It's called hollow chess. Also, horseshoe? Horseshoe shaped? Yeah. Why not? Right? Because horses. <laughs> yeah, there's horses. Not space horses. horses. Are native to this galaxy. Not gadunka shoe. <laughs> there's ducks. <laughs> Wait, so. what? There's ducks. There's ducks and Star Wars? duck. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the New Hope novelization, there's the what's a duck. But then also, Panaka says they'll be sitting ducks. Captain Panaka in a. Oh, right, right, right. You probably forgot about that, Matthew. <laughs> well, I, I do my best. <laughs> yeah, I forgot most of the prequels. So. You can direct your hate mail to Mr. Bowers at. <laughs> yes. Uh, if if they don't know my feelings on the prequels by now, then <laughs> what are they? What are they even doing with their lives? <laughs> so yeah, we get a nice description of the casino. It's a crazy place. Um, they are trying to figure out how to draw um, the guy out. And I love um, Han's suggest or that Lando suggests they go up and like place a back and lose terribly to try to gain attention and just throw a lot of money down. And Han's like, I thought of that before, but I didn't think you would go for it because it would wound your pride. <laughs> <laughs> this bromance is like, alive and well in this chapter it really they're such bros and it is so adorable and, and Lando's, Lando's just like I want to go <laughs> home yes. and Han's like sorry Han's like, oh, right. I totally dragged you into this didn't I yeah again <laughs> so um they spot guess who Niles Crane <laughs> Psychi- space psychiatrist <laughs> 
And again, they, what they spot is actually his preferred brand of smoking materials. Yes, they first. spot his cigar. So they go off to find him because nothing is good happens when uh, Farrier is around. Uh, but the Wraith alien uh, kidnaps Han. Oh, no. Uh, meanwhile, the Empire starts to bombard the ocean, which is a really cool sequence I, that's something i would like to really see visually like yeah bombarding the ocean from space and i love so, the- so if the if the lucasfilm people are listening this would be a great shot to include in episode nine yeah or eight well i guess they can already because they already filmed it <laughs> they could do reshoots would, reshoots no. this would be a great shot to include in the canon annotation animated adaptation of the Thrawn trilogy. <laughs> yes, which is going to happen because Thrawn is going to survive Rebels and then they're going to he's going to come back post return of the Jedi and that's they're going to be that's going to be their post return of the Jedi series. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I love Thrawn's uh ruminations about the coral reefs and how unique they are and how uh it's so sad that he didn't have a chance to study them further and then you may fire when ready. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love he's like, oh, and it's art and it's it's unique because it's created by non-sentient beings. I really wish we didn't have to destroy it and blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's ruthless, ruthless. That's so thrown and I love it. It is. He's like, I love this beautiful thing. Blow it to pieces to get me what I want. <laughs> Make it die. <laughs> Just it. So yeah, Han gets captured, uh, has a confrontation with Farrier, who's trying to be really uh, menacing, but just isn't. (laughs) Uh, um, Han escapes by setting the Wraith on fire with alcohol. Which is so Han. Uh, And um, he- Did did he preface it by saying, whiskey? What? (laughs) I don't get it. Oh, Raiders, Raiders. Raiders, yeah. yeah. But then he he remarks that alcohol fires aren't very hot, which makes me go, Han Solo, how do you know this? I'm going to say Han, unlike Luke, went to school. (laughs) Tune in uh, to find out on the upcoming young Han Solo film. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, man. I think Han might have been. (laughs) He gets an A in physics. (laughs) Or he might have, you know, been in a few bar brawls in his smuggler life and actually been, you know, in an alcohol fire. I think so, too. Although it seems like the kind of thing that these guys would get a little drunk and, like, do for fun. Like, let's, like, (laughs) on fire and stick our hand in it. Oh It'd probably God. be an A in chemistry. Or you, or you, you dip yeah. your fingers in the 151 and then you light it and it burns off your hand and your hand is unscathed. Not that I've ever been at a party where people were doing that or anything. Not that um, you've that's, done that yourself. That sounds terrible. I have never Why would people done that do myself. That? I have indeed held the lighter while someone stuck their hand in it. Okay. I could hey. see. The Han trick is not that. minding. <laughs> yeah. So Han ends up escaping he finds lando and they use an escape pod to get out of the casino before it surrenders to the empire uh han learns that ferrier already has captain hoffner which is the other guy's name and he is inconsequential which is always ends up disappointing me because i wish he was someone we knew before (laughs) yeah like well i didn't need to know him before but like i was surprised this time at 
like how quickly this whole thread was wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like Zahn is getting to the end of like a, a previously allotted word count and like just needs to like wrap everything up. Like I, yeah, my it memory of is. this whole, <laughs> yeah, my memory of this whole section is that it was like longer and more elaborate. Yeah. And like, I feel like it, it maybe could have been like, there could have been multiple chapters on, on the casino with them, like trying yeah. to find the guy and then fi- talking to the guy. And then maybe take- he just got bored with them and wanted to get back to Luke and Leia. <laughs> yeah, or, or as someone who's dealing with this right now, maybe he was on deadline. And <laughs> <laughs> turned yeah. in. I mean, that's never happened like, to me ever. Well, time to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. Like you start looking at your calendar and you start looking at your story and you're like, uh, the editor needs this in a week. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they uh they escape are watching you know they they are like oh yeah the empire definitely has captain hoffner now um han is very morose about this and lando just tries to keep cheering him up about it which is really cute <laughs> it is cute actually again the bromance is alive and He's well like, in this chapter well just think about it they still have to train all these people they still need like you know four hundred thousand people or however many it is don't worry it won't be that bad <laughs> or at least it won't be that soon and you han- have time to yeah, and Han's like, I appreciate what you're trying to do. <laughs> but I'm just <laughs> not happy. Han? <laughs> yeah. It's like what you say to like, you know, your girlfriend or your wife when they're like, you know, it's that time of the month and they're just really cranky and you're you're trying to cheer them up and there's just you they're just like, sorry, there's no way. Not that that's ever happened to me before. <laughs> What Brian's staring at me. <laughs> I was about to say dead silence. <laughs> the other end of our Florida. Community. Sorry, I'm just going to mute my line right Amanda now. Amanda knows what I'm talking about, right? I believe you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. It's true. Yes. Okay, so that wraps up our trip under the sea. I'll pause now for everyone to get get it one last time in. Darling, it's better down where it's wet. Take it, Take from, it from me. me. <laughs> Okay, moving on. <laughs> so chapter We're all going to wind up at Disney after celebration and like crack up inappropriately on the Little Mermaid ride, and it's going to be great. It's my favorite part of the ride, too, because the, the fish are so funny. I, I love the berry sacks playing fish. That's that your my fish. My, my favorite are the starfish, like going back and forth, going, ah. Uh, what were we talking about? Chapter 26. Fantastic. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> So the party has come back together. They have all arrived back on Was Coruscant. there an 80s montage when they met up again? Probably. I mean, Han and Leia probably went off to smooch for a little bit. Smooch. Yeah. Yeah, smooch. I mean, she's really heavily pregnant, so... She's like almost seven months pregnant with twins, so they're and not... their dad is tall. So, so they... she is like uncomfortable and probably telling him to like not ever touch her again Yeah, at this point. Probably. So uh, they are in a council meeting, and uh, Borsk Velia is being a jerk. So uh, all is normal on Coruscant. Like more so than normal. He even. is such <laughs> like he's a an jerk. Extra. High extra. Jerk I was mode. reading this, and I was thinking he ate he ate his jerk weedies yeah. that morning. So I was thinking of the New Jedi Order, and 
how terrible he was in that series. And I'm like, I I can't decide where he was more terrible, here or there. Uh, it's 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 a toss up because he's a terrible be- being. He's a terrible being, not human being. Being, <laughs> and I hate him because he yeah. he doesn't believe card about because and he just and he calls him smuggler. Like he doesn't have a name. He's just smuggler. Uh, he doesn't believe Han. He doesn't believe Luke. And Luke is like, I don't believe this. We have this information about the Katana fleet. We know the Empire is getting there, and we're are you know what? What is it going to take you to believe it? And Borsk is like, perhaps you believe too easily. And I was like, oh no, you didn't. Hashtag alternative <laughs> facts. Alternative. <laughs> he is like oh, yes. He would fit in so well. He is he is the Trump of that galaxy. And, I mean, that's know, an insult I, to Borsk. But. I would say he's probably a little worse in New Jedi Order, but only because I still have not forgiven him for one specific thing he says in that series, and I never will. But Ugh. this is it's the same guy, right? Like, this guy is terrible. And of yes. all of the people, okay, you want to say you don't believe Tail and Card because mm-hmm. he's a smuggler and a criminal. You're a jerk for that, but okay, don't believe him. You don't believe Han Solo because he was once a smuggler and a criminal. Never mind the whole hero thing. Luke Skywalker is like the purest, most decent human in the galaxy. Like, how can you not believe him? Because he's saying that Luke is like too gullible. He's like, look at this uneducated farm boy. Couldn't even read until Han taught him. And I, and as I have in all caps in my show notes, fuck him. <laughs> Hang on, I need to turn the compressor up for Nancy. I really don't like. Right, this and, and for those of you following alone at home, those really that those two words really are in all caps they in the are. show notes that went out to the entire cast. I'm so angry. So Leia, of course, being the diplomat that she is, the seventh month pregnant diplomat, by the way, uh, suggests sending out a ship and a tech crew to take a look at the coordinates. And if it's confirmed that the ships are there, they'll send out a full scale salvage operation. They debate whether they should move more quickly or not. But, um, you know, they decide, you know, that, again, the Empire is going to, you know, it. They need a lot more people to crew the ships. So if they take some time to go check it out, it won't be it won't be that bad. Mon Mothma, who takes stupid pills during this chapter, uh, puts Phalia <laughs> in charge of the operation. She yeah, I don't even know what she's smoking at this I point. I don't but either. Like maybe she wanted to like really maybe she this was entrapment. Maybe she knew he would mess up and I, I think Failia's got something on Mon Mothma. Yeah. That's Ugh. the only reason he's even like in like the the Senate or whatever it is, Ugh. the council. Yeah. Is that he's he's blackmailing her. He's got mm. like pictures of her and Admiral Akbar or something. <laughs> her and Garmbell Illis. And Garm. <laughs> but no, like if you remember they they say they explain it really early on and so the way he weaseled his way in was that it was his contingent of Bothans that gave them the directions to Endor. Oh yeah, and so he's, he's just like been playing the guilt card for five so years. He's like, he, oh he my boss died. Uh. Um, yeah, well, you know, occasionally angry Americans will get angry at the French and will say, if it wasn't for us, you'd be speaking German right now. Um, it's that. 
<laughs> anytime she even were to try to censure him, he'd be like, well, if it wasn't for us, yeah, you'd all been blown to pieces by the second Death Star by now. That's what he and does. So, yeah, he's terrible. And that's totally his voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so um, the meeting adjourns. Uh, after Card uh, kind of like catches Leia's gaze for like a second and she immediately knows that he wants to talk to her so uh then han goes after failure because of course he does and Uh, it's adorable because he really like tries to talk sense and han solo is not usually the one to talk at the sense yeah he's like he's like you have to see how foolish this is you have to understand what what this is going to do and Philia is just not hearing of any of it. He's like basically admits he's got nothing on Akbar and that he's just doing this all for political gain and Han just doesn't understand because he's not a politician. Uh but then he tries. He's like, Well, you know you're gonna come out smelling like a rose if you do it this other way. Yeah. And Bailey's like, No, I'm not gonna do it that way. And also, uh, I don't think that's his voice. I think his <laughs> voice is more like Bob Rossi. I think it's like really smooth and silky. No, Bob Ross is great. I'm just going to put a yeah, happy little bush over here. Happy little bush. I didn't say that Bob Ross wasn't great. I just was using that as an example yeah. of to the kind of voice <laughs> that Failia has. Uh, so um, one of my favorite exchanges happens in this chapter when Felia says, I thought your female was the diplomat of the family, and Han replies, we take turns. And I don't do Star Trek, but I can see the the guy going, female. Female. Okay, well now I'm gonna hear Felia as a Ferengi. I thought your female. I mean, that's probably that's probably Accurate, right? <laughs> Why do you allow her to wear clothes? <laughs> yeah, that. Mm. Okay. So um, then we move back to Mara in when they decide to make Nancy really sad uh, after being angry uh, because she's back in the Imperial Palace where she used to call home and she's brooding really, really hard about it. Uh, the Emperor's talking in her head, telling her you will kill Luke Skywalker, and she's like, I'm trying, I'm trying, and then she's like, but I'm really not trying, because I came yeah, like, here. Are you, I came, are you trying? <laughs> yeah, I came voluntarily with him. I have no reason to keep him alive anymore. Why am I not killing him? And that's- I like, a- how, she, I like how she phrases it. She came, uh- or is it she came without complaint? Is that yeah, how, it, how she phrases it? Like she had now come uncomplainingly to Coruscant. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> so uh, ask yourself that question, dear readers, dear listeners. Why would Mara be compelled not to kill Luke? Is it just because she's a nice person and really a it good person? Love. Or is it because she wants to bone I- him? I think we have objective proof that Mara is not a nice person. Oh, <laughs> but she's a good she's a, person. She's a good person. Yeah. But she's not a very nice that's what person. She's, that's what she's learning here, that she's a good person. Exactly. She also might want a bone Luke, but that's just my way I read this. There you oh, see him <laughs> sitting there across the way. That's what they need to do is go to the casino. 
<laughs> Luke and Mara at the casino. Yeah. But there's somewhere, and I can't believe I didn't write this down. Something to okay. ask him. Oh, it's later. It's later. I can't believe I didn't yeah. write it down. It's later. I will come back yeah. to Luke and Mara and then need to kiss later. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll get back there. <laughs> Nancy's got my back on the shippy front here. Uh, so, yeah. I want to clarify to the listeners that Upon Nancy's initial read-through of this book, she did not ship Luke and Mara at this point in time. So I just want to note that for the record, because it comes up later. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but I really love that Zahn takes a little moment to have Mara reflecting on being back in the palace again, because, like, I got to that point where, like, I almost forgot that she went there with them, um... Because it's been a while since I've read the this book. And I know she's there in Last Command. Spoilers, Tyler. But uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that must be really <laughs> weird for her. And um, it's a nice reminder for, you know, plot reasons yeah. in Last Command. Although I do have to go back. I didn't I, I've I've been meaning <clears throat> to go back and look read through uh, by the Emperor's Hand. Um, to see if that matches up, because here it says that she was in the palace when he died, when the emperor died. And now I'm trying to remember if that's true or not, because I know he sent her on a mission uh, right before, the, right after, uh, right then. So, yeah, I have to go check that and see if that that remains true or not. <laughs> um so Card arrives from the meeting and uh, sends Mara out to the Dark Force coordinates. Um, he doesn't trust Felia. Uh, to- no, he d- he sends her to uh, pick up uh, oh, Aves yeah. and well, the others. Yeah. So he goes to pick up Aves and then go to the coordinates because he does not trust Felia. Um, and get Ghent to Coruscant because we need our slicer. Yes, he wants to investigate the money that suspiciously showed up in Akbar's account. Uh, uh, Zahn's done with that plot thread and he needs to tie it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the third book is coming up, so. Uh, Leia shows up as requested and Card asks her to send a team to the Katana Fleet coordinates that night. Um, he doesn't want... That- to- I love that so much. Yeah, he doesn't love that. He's like, I need this, that and the other. And Leia's like two hours. Yeah, because he doesn't want (laughs) Philia's team uh, getting there alone. He's like, yeah, they'll be handpicked. They'll be all his and he'll come back with the Katana flea and get everything he wants. And then he's like, by the way, I'm doing this for two reasons as a debt to your brother for rescuing me. And also to get the Empire off my back because the Katana Fleet is the only reason they want him. And I'm like, Card, buddy, I love you. You're like the smoothest guy in the galaxy. But you really think they're going to let you go after this? (laughs) Also, I mean, the smuggler doth protest too much. He does. That's you can keep telling yourself that you're not picking sides, but uh, I think you got to pick sides. This is a theme. No, I, just, I love that they basically need like an assault force. And Leia's answer is like two hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she knows people. Done and done. Like there's pretty much no one else you could, you could have called on for such a thing to be completely confident yeah. that she could scoop this other team and arrive first. Yeah. She. Uh... Lady gets stuff done. Yeah. She knows people. 
So uh, Luke uh, summons Wedge and Red Squadron because, of course, he does. Because who do you? He summons yeah. Wedge out of bed. He does, and yeah. it's adorable. Wedge calls him Wedge boss. And then Adorable. there's a really um, cute moment where Hot Wedge is like, "It's I rem- Wedge is remembering how all the missions with Luke seemed to be the most interesting." <laughs> and that was when I posted that quote on Twitter. I was like, "Gay." <laughs> <laughs> That, no. That's a bit of a uh, of a stretch. It is, but, uh, but I right. love oh, come. that's another one of those grand bromances. I like come on, funny. how else do you think Luke and Wedge kept warm on Hoth? <laughs> I love Wedge. I love their friendship though, and it's always forgotten. So I'm glad when they remember it. I hope Luke gets to see Wedge one more time in aftermath before he dies. Matthew, Stop. I will fly out there myself and strangle you. Stop. Stop don't it. Tell, don't tell me. Tell Chuck Wendig. We oh, have. We have. <laughs> Chuck hears it out of us quite often. So, Failia, of course, finds out this plan and flips out. He calls for Luke and Han's arrest, and then he threatens Card like a big baby and calls him smuggler. <laughs> Whatever. Like, Ramon Moth was like, like, what? Arrest them? We're <laughs> like, not going to arrest them. <laughs> They're our best people. Also, do you know what kind of a PR disaster that would be? He yeah. doesn't They're care. on our side, Borsk. <laughs> yeah. So, chapter 27, uh, we move on to the uh, climax of the book, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, the point at which the dark force rises. Yes. One might say. Yes. So Han and Luke arrive at the Katana Fleet coordinates. Um, Han has a little moment where he's a little upset because he didn't even have a day with Leia. This is something that stuck with me from when I read it when I was 12. Like, I remember that she looks twice as pregnant now line literally from the first time I read it 20 odd years ago. I know. Like, that's that's how shippy I've been my whole life. (laughs) Um, but it's true. She she was not quite six months pregnant when she left on that trip that wound up going off the rails to Honegger. And, and now she's 12 she, months pregnant. Seven months pregnant <laughs> That's and with not twins. How it works. <laughs> yeah, she probably doubled in size. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's one of the few things about pregnant Leia that Tim Zahn got really <laughs> right. But I love that love Luke's response, which is it's only because they're so good at what they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Han's like, I'm good at other things, too, kid. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they're like, are we at the right coordinates? Yep. We're in the middle of nowhere. This must be familiar with you. And Luke's like, I've only gotten stuck once. And Han's like, I didn't mean that. I meant Tatooine. And Luke's like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, so. <laughs> I really, I really like Meanwhile, that. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Han once upon a time drifted through the Anoa'd system for yeah. a month and a half. So really, he could stop with the teasing. Yeah, six months, six months. Yeah, <laughs> it's canon in my head. Yeah. <laughs> totally canon. Well, it yeah. was at least two because <laughs> canon and canon. Um. So they um. 
so yeah, they just they um are gonna pick out one of the dreadnoughts to investigate. Luke uh picks a specific one because the force, of course, tells him which one to board. Um they head to the ship, um, realize it will need a complete overhaul, and then they realize that they're on the actual katana, so the flagship of the entire fleet. Um I I like when they arrive and they're like getting the rest of the task force um ready to launch and Luke uh, uh they say you ready to fly and Wedge replies ready and eager. <laughs> My favorite part of this though is that Tim Zahn struck a really really smart balance here of storytelling in that we we know that the crew all died on board. Mm-hmm. But in order to make it not this horrible horror show, <laughs> so horrible, yeah, gruesome smells and body parts, Wet he bodies. brought up the fact that they have all of these droids that would have cleared the bodies out as everyone died. So they get this ghost ship that is completely abandoned, and they're still even though working. they know that everyone actually died aboard. Yeah, yeah it's and a really I think nice that was happens. really smart. Yeah, I think it was very Star Wars of him. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, there there were only a few ways you could handle that. Either you needed to get everybody off the ship before they died, or Han and Luke are going to have to navigate a whole bunch of dead bodies, and that's Literally just not Star bodies. Wars. <laughs> yeah, um, and and this co- this comes back later on in Outbound, not Outbound Flight, in a Survivor's Quest when they go to investigate the Outbound Flight, and you know it's been abandoned for like decades and they're you know there's the the bodies have all been moved and all that so well and like there's yeah. like indication in a little bit that like han does find one body but it's very like a brief reference and it's not like called out explicitly yeah but uh but yeah and like by doing this you you know it's it's in a way creepier to like have just this like empty ship that's oh just been yeah lo- totally left oh on. yeah Totally. Rather than have them like wade through like you know Ooh. gooey bodies, yeah. But because that would be really gruesome, yeah. And and it would it would I think detract from the story. I think it would be a whole another thing that we don't need right now. It would be unnecessary gore. So I think the that he set that precedent for and the maintenance droids carried all the bodies off. Yeah, was really really smart. Yeah. So, um, as they are exploring, the other um, task force, the escort frigate, arrives. And they inform Luke and Han that they are under arrest. (laughs) Uh, Failio orders his X-Wing squadrons to launch, um, so the others uh, take them seriously. Wedge refuses to comply with the orders and go back to their ship, because of course he does. Why would he listen to Philia? That's so stupid. And uh, <laughs> Han cuts the transmission. Is like, yeah, we're not listening to you. And then an Imperial Star Destroyer jumps into the system because, of course, I do it like. Does. I do like Han here though. He's like Wedge is like, what if I refuse? And Han's like, nah, it's not worth it, buddy. Head on back. Uh, see you later, fa- failure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, he's there's, like, not there's no reason for Wedge to, like, you know, c- refuse to comply, but, like, Han's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Rogue Squadron sets off to run cover 
um, for Luke and Han's team still on the Dreadnought. Uh, Philia orders his ship to jump out of the system, um, which prompts Leia to want to basically slice him in half. Yeah. And has a vision of it happening and then has to tamp it down because that's the dark side. And yet, and yet good for her. For like like, like, normal reaction. She, I mean, she's bisected one guy in the series already. But I'm like, she Leia. knows what that feels like. She knows how easy it is. And she Leia knows how like, really have guilt about it. She's so much like Anakin. And, yeah. She and is. they always, it's everyone goes with the superficial way that she's like Padme because they're both politicians and Luke is like Anakin. It's like, nope, 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 nope. That's, that's right. No, she's like Anakin. And I love when they're trying to get her to get. Han's team to stop what they're doing and re- relent and, and be arrested. And she's like, Han won't listen to anyone when he's like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, they're so married and it's so cute. Yeah. And, yeah she's, exactly. and she's trying to get them. She's trying to talk sense into failure. He's like, we can't leave them. They're vitally important to the new Republic. We can't let them get captured. They've saved our lives. How many times it's not fair. And Thalia responds, reality is not required to be fair. Hashtag alternative facts! <laughs> <laughs> that also got an F.U. Thalia in the show notes, but I won't. Yes, yes, it is, right there. So Han orders the, their dreadnought. Uh, they figure out how to get it to fire, and they fire back on the Star Destroyer, the Judicator, uh, and take out, end up taking out five of the dropships that are coming over to board the dreadnought. Um, and then comes the best part of the sequence. Oh, it's so clever. So while Felia is busy being a terrible being, Card casually drops his data pad in front of Leia that says, turn on the intercom and the comms. And Leia uses the force to do so. Good job, Leia. Yeah, what I love is that she, like, doubles down on the sneak uh-huh. and, like, doesn't even move. She does it with the force. Yeah. And that also shows that her Control relationship has gotten to the force so and better. ability to use the force has progressed since the first book because let us not forget her inability to turn on and off the lights. Yeah. That, and <laughs> so, yeah, you go back to that and you're like, oh, you know, yeah, you're just showing, you know, her lack of skill. But then now you get to this part and you're like, oh, look how far she's come. Uh, so it was a little it was a good little callback comparison. And it, and, and, and it was it's brilliant of her to use the force to do it because yeah. that's just uh, there, there is a strong argument for Leia the Slytherin to be made right now. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, as Felia is ranching and raving about how he's fine leaving all these pilots to die, and as long as he gets what he wants politically, and you know, soldiers need, mean nothing to him. He, uh, he the basically. Act- He's going to play this city like a heart from hell. Yeah. The quote is, what other use are soldiers for a politician? And as he's saying this, the X-Wing squadrons uh, start to go back out to help Rogue Squadron. <laughs> and uh, like, screw this guy. <laughs> yeah. And like the captain comes in and is like, 
Yeah, um, we're going to escort you back to your quarters for the rest of the time. Uh, Leia, you're in charge now. Go to your room, Boris. Yeah, pretty much. Go to your room. Leia, you're in charge you're in now. Time out. And then he orders all hands to battle stations. And I just love this. And I I feel like Card just got so much pleasure in doing this. And Leia, too. It was so good. Um, so uh, Thra- I-, I always type... Card instead of Thrawn. (laughs) Why do they have one silver names? So we move uh, back at the Imperials. Thrawn orders the Chimera to jump uh, to the Katana Fleet coordinates. Uh, But the Nav officer doesn't respond. And this is really creepy. Uh, Then a Lancer-class frigate jumps into the system and orders to speak to Thrawn. Of course, it's Sabioth, which Thrawn figures out right away because uh, he's been trying to contact them. Thrawn orders the preemptory to go help the adjudicator at the Katana fleet and stays there to, quote unquote, consult or our ally, uh, which the consulting ends up being a disagreement, almost argument, uh, where uh, Sabioth is basically like, yeah, I'm going to go back to Wayland um, and oversee the Mount Tantus project. Um, and I'm going to do what I want. And you guys can't stop me. And Thrawn uh, says it may be time to reconsider our arrangement with Master Sabioth to reconsider it very carefully. To which I say, you just now figured this out. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you probably should have just shot his ship when it came out of hyperspace. Uh-huh. But, you know, whatever, Thrawn. You, he was play, using, you, you play your long game. He was using the force to control the navigator, dude. That's really creepy and wrong. And yeah. And foreshadowing. Yes. Non-consensual. Yes. So um, chapter 28 is a lot of action. Uh, meaning I didn't, pew, pew, pew. I didn't describe pew, pew. it much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the squadrons fight back against the Imperials. Dogfighting. Pew pew. Uh, Brian, this was this note is for you. Wedge says, cut the chatter, Rogue 7, and now I need to know who is Rogue 7. Oh, crap, who's time. Rogue 7 at this time? Go get your the book and look it up. Which book? I don't know. I, <laughs> sorry All of Wedge. them! <laughs> you don't have looking. it. Look it on the internet. And because in the next like day or so, I'm going to be tweeting that I need a list of the entire uh, complement of Rogue Squadron that flew at Hoth. So, like, uh, well, you can look at the Essential Guard to Warfare and find it uh, because Jason I, I Fry... could if I had that with me in this oh, country. Well, I can tell you because I had to research it and come up with my own damn names because that didn't exist when I wrote my story. God bless you, Jason Fry. Yeah. Did you find it? I out hurt yet? him. I, I hurt him, him hardcore. We have the book. I have the the Kindle book. You can just look that up. But anyway, uh, one of the dropships manages to get to the Katana and uh, board uh, dock on the ship. Uh, Luke realizes that something is not quite right with the troops. Uh, there's a ground battle. More pew pew. Uh, foreshadowing there with uh, Luke. Um, there's this machine thing that's described as almost like an Imperial Walker and Luke can't lift it. And I call total shenanigans on that because he totally could. 
Oh, I think it's that he's got some self-doubt. I think he's, like, thrown by his impressions and the force of these troops. Mm -hmm. He can't figure out why he's getting weird impressions of them. And I think he's, like, having this moment of self-doubt, even if he's not aware of it. And that's why he can't lift it. Mm. Or it's just physically wedged in there. But that shouldn't matter for a Jedi. (laughs) Yoda could do it. It was Min. also, oh, he mentions uh, that it's like a scaled-down scout walker, Wait, and like we saw those in the Clone Wars. That's not character. That's not good characterization. There, men wouldn't when men wouldn't be chattery. It would be like Wes or someone. I wish it. Wes, would, Wes uh, always is chattery. It should have been Wes. That would have been funny. Uh, but yeah. So, um, Cart's team shows up. Yay! Um, they've got a bunch of ships there, but it's still, you know, not enough to take out Star Destroyers and whatever backup um, is going to show up. Mara is flying a Z-95. And then uh, I legitimately forgot that this happened. Uh, Belle Iblis shows up with the Peregrine. And I was like, oh, yay, I forgot about that. Woohoo! <laughs> so, yeah, I was, I was happy. And about Leia that. is so adorable about it. Yeah, she's like, Garm? Is that you? She gets like so overwhelmed, and yeah. he's all like, well, is, is, am, are I being requested? And she's like, yes, yes, no, no, no. Yes. no, no, no. Like, he, he's like, Han told me to come at, in a, he said it was an official request of the council. Was it not? Ready to, yeah, she's ready to now. He's ready he's to move being a his whiny ship around. Little baby. Yeah. He's like, oh, I, I thought it was an official request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, and literally, Leia's like, well, it is now. Please fire when ready. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's such a brat. Save but... everyone's lives, please. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I mean, I knew that he's, you know, around in the next book too, but I forgot that he showed up at the end and so I, I it, did too actually that was it was I, it was a like a fist pump moment like yay that's yeah. cool um so as the battle's going on they realize that there's actually only 15 dreadnoughts left um and there's supposed to be like over like around 200 of them so that's a lot that the empire has already been moving away uh slowly right under their noses um, Leia is consoled by the fact that it will take a long time to get enough crew to fly the ships, and this is they like keep driving the this third time they that they've mentioned this. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder if Chekhov has anything to say about this. <laughs> uh, the second the peremptory arrives to help the adjudicator, Aves orders everyone to pull out. Uh, Mara gets hit and ejects. Uh, but she ejects right into the Dreadnought's ion bombardment, which Oops. is not good because then it like fries all the electronics. It flies, you know, that little emergency whistle and light that probably goes off to have like on a on the a beacon, cruise ship. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the beacon. I'm thinking of when you're on a cruise and it's like your emergency light- whistle. <laughs> yeah, your light vest is equipped with a whistle. Oh, There's light. no sound in space. It's <laughs> your EPIRB, your emergency position response beacon thing. There's sound oh. in Star Wars space. I was about to say, though, apparently there is sound in Star Wars yeah. space. Um, so as this is happening, uh, Luke senses that Mara is in trouble. 
Um, and Han is like, oh, why does it look like Luke just lost his best friend and not the woman who wanted to kill him? And for the record, ladies and gentlemen, this is the exact moment when 12-year-old Nancy started shipping Luke and Mara. <laughs> it's a very I loved it because even as someone who was never a heavy Luke and Mara shipper, when you look down the road at this like force bond that they have with each other, this is the moment they realize Luke realizes that it exists. Mm-hmm. Like this is planting seeds that that go years and years and years into the future. Yeah, uh, with the two of them, that he he has this sense of her that just sort of lives in him. Oh, that he doesn't even <laughs> like he didn't have to act. He didn't have to try. He didn't have to <laughs> meditate to find it. It's just there. It's just present with him all the time. Mara and he would, probably didn't even realize it until she was in trouble. Mara would barf if she heard you say all this. <laughs> probably. Uh, she would. She'd be like, this is so, ugh, whatever. And Can yet it's so on? true. And it is she has true. the same thing going the other way. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't like that either. But yeah, they kind of like, they, it, it, they kind of uh, touch on that earlier when they, when he speaks telepathically to her um, while they're getting off the chimera. But yeah, this, this, this was the moment where I went, like I spent the most of Heir to the Empire hating her. I spent a lot of this book like starting to really like her and, you know, feel more sympathy towards her. Um, and then this part, I was like, oh, my God, they have to get married. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that was I was 12. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm still that way. So <laughs> I don't have any excuse. I was going to say. <laughs> Shut up. Um, so Luke, uh, the, the, the troops are kind of pursuing them. They get to, um, Luke ends up cutting open, it's described as an anteroom to space in order to kill all the soldiers. Um, then they, uh, kind of shut themselves off on the bridge and figure out to use the Katana's slave systems to move uh, one of the other functioning dreadnoughts. I which love this part. <laughs> they used to ram into the peremptory, which is kind of like the whole "Bring me a hammerhead Corvette." <laughs> Very much. Also, it's and the yeah. second book in a row where the day is saved by Han being clever. Yeah, I mean he is clever. He's Han's clever. That's the thing he is. Uh, Captain Brandi, who's um the Judicator's commander, um orders a retreat thinking that the rebels should enjoy this victory because it might well be their last. Which sounds like something Thrawn would say, because he's always like, well, I'll get you next time, you rebels. Which, by the way, I just want to note that a lot of people have been saying how Thrawn is constantly losing in rebels, and, you know, it's making him look bad, and when is his long game going to pay off? And I want to point them to read this series and how many times... There's some sort of defeat, uh, some more so than others, but there's there's several of them. Uh, he he doesn't always win, uh, so it's that's also kind of- he's obviously creeping closer towards them in rebels. Like yeah, that's yeah, indisputable. So that that matches his uh, his characterization from legends. Don't worry. 
So we move on to chapter 29, which is our last chapter and very short as last Zon chapters tend to be. Um, Luke, really more of an epilogue. Yeah. Luke goes to rescue Mara um, because, of course, he does. Um, and he manages to get her to safety into one of the like one of the med bays. Um, and then Han's like, you need to come back to the Kachana right away. Uh, Sabiat tells, oh, I'm sorry. This is the part where Sabiat tells Thrawn he's going back to resume control of the Mount Tantus program uh, and warns that he's not indispensable to the Empire. Uh, and Thrawn, of course, takes that really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing that is revealed here that is the big deal that is, is also in our next uh, bullet point here um, we have heard the term Sparty Cylinder mm-hmm. probably six times yep. throughout the course of these two books. And it has never been explained what that is or what it does. Uh-huh. It's just this device called a Sparty Cylinder. We don't know if it makes bombs. We don't know if it makes nuclear reactions. We don't know if it makes poison. We don't know if it makes acid rain. This is the moment we find out it makes clones. Yep. Because this time they call them the Sparty cloning cylinders for the mm-hmm. first time in the series. And Thrawn's like, we didn't want to give you any bad memories. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just kind of... It's pretty limp as far yeah. as excuses go. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so, but of Thrawn course, that, you know, we we get that revelation. And then we think back to Luke thinking that there's something wrong with the troops. We get all of the little mentions that uh, that it'll take the Empire too long to crew all the dreadnoughts. And then the final reveal uh, happens where we learn that the Empire has been making clones and probably has enough to crew all of the dreadnoughts that they took from the katana fleet instead of months it's going to be a hot minute yep uh so this you may call the attack of the clones but i choose choose not to call it that it's the i I strongly (laughs) encourage you not to it's the original (laughs) attack of the clones Back when we well, all thought the clones were going to be bad. Beca- technically, the, orig- the original attack of the clones was a couple chapters ago when the clones attacked. Shh. Yes. But I we know. didn't know they were the clones then. Yes. So we exactly. could give it a proper title. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Um, uh, if you were, uh, you know, around before the prequels and remember fandom before the prequels i think pretty much everyone thought that the clone wars was between the republic and the clones uh the clones were bad and that's why there's some references to that in this series a paleon remembers that uh so zahn's just going off you know what he assumed all those years and then when attack of the clones actually happened i remember a lot of people being like whoa wait the clones are the good guys <laughs> Yeah, we, that was weird. Yeah, so like, say what the you will. Prequels were weird. Well, yeah, well, and I mean, like the whole like dichotomy of good and bad in the prequels is so muddied anyway that like. Right. Well, I mean, like fighting on the side of the Republic, which is supposed sure, to sure, be the sure, 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 sure. But yeah, that that was actually one of the things I really liked about the prequels and specifically Attack of the Clones is that it kind of threw that expectation. Like what? <laughs> But I still like the old way too. 
so yeah that is uh dark force rising the end uh doom is coming get ready or maybe i don't know i always sorry just to go back for a sec i always sort of assumed that the you know before the prequels i mean that the clone wars were like both sides fought with clones mm-hmm. was kind of my assumption. Was that not the general assumption? Um, That's what I thought too. I thought everybody was cloning everybody else and it was just like mad carnage. Yeah. Maybe I was just not thinking that, but yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think ever, people thought it was just the Republic who had them or whatever. No, I mean, I don't think anybody no, dreamed that it was clones versus to... droids. You know, nobody, <laughs> nobody thought that. Yeah. <laughs> but I was finally sentient enough to understand what they were talking about. The attack of clones had already come out. <laughs> Go away, Tyler. <laughs> oh, bless your little heart. Oh. Well, after that, Tyler, now I'm going to ask you your opinion of this book. <laughs> uh, well, uh, guess. Just, just, you just liked guess. it? You liked it. It was good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> oh, did you? It's good. So, did you know of the the reveal that they were cloning troops beforehand, or did you figure it out as time went on, or were you completely clueless? No, like, <clears throat> like I think that I heard somewhere that they were cloning troops. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, it was one of those, it, it was, you know, I guess, cultural osmosis, though I don't remember having yeah really any exposure to Star Wars, like the prequel stuff as a, as a child. Yeah. Okay. But it just, it, it's always been a thing right. I've known. Okay, cool. And so then, and also I remember uh, one of the things you had mentioned that you were looking forward to in the series, seeing Luke and Mars' relationship develop, considering you know the end game, and are like, how the hell do they get there? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Once again, first red legacy of the Force, a good starting point. But you, you can, you can kind of see now how, uh, how it's, how it's getting there. Yeah, yeah, I'm liking it. It's uh, you know, this is making me interested in Mara. For sure. Uh, As you should be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm just... Like, now I think I'm going to need to get recommendations on what Mara stuff to read next. Well, Allegiance. I I can provide that. (laughs) Really? Just all the other Zon books, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much, yeah. All the other Zon books. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um... But yeah, I can I can do that, especially if we continue Thrawn cast and read the Hand of Thrawn duology. <laughs> that would be rad. Which oh, we're yeah, not, because those are really long books. <laughs> they are, but then Allegiance, because Allegiance is an amazingly good book. So yeah, uh, love- Brian, do you have any final thoughts on Dark Force Rising, other than singing Under the Sea? I just remember doing a lot of really bad impressions throughout this run of this particular book. Would you like to grant us with one last Niles Crane? Bad impressions? <laughs> I remember some shockingly good impressions. I don't do a Niles Crane. I'll, I can do a Fraser. Okay, do a Fraser. Firstly, I remember on. the great Sagarera impression. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, Fraser Crane doing Sagarera. <laughs> Free the rebellion, free the dream. Save the rebellion. Save the rebellion, save the dream. <laughs> Hello, save Seattle. It. Save I'm the dream. listening. <laughs> That's a really calm Saw Gerrera. 
Save the rebellion. Save the dream. Borgullet. Borgullet. That's what this series, that's what this book needed. Borgullet. <laughs> this book needed a lot of Borgullet. That's what Borskphalia needs. Ah! With Borgullet. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so, do you think Borgullet is Waru? No. Shut up. <laughs> all is Waru. Abeloth. Abeloth. Shut up. Waru is all. Waru, Waru didn't have tentacles. Abeloth had tentacles. And no. she. What is going on? Who are these people you're talking about? <laughs> well, Tyler, in uh, about 40 years after this book series, there's a, a very horrible thing <laughs> happened called uh, Fate of the Jedi, in which the big bad is this. Um, so you remember those, the ones from Mortis? Oh, God. Yeah, they put them <laughs> in a book. Well, oh, no, they, oh. didn't, they didn't put them in a book. Okay. They had this oh. they had this character called Abeloth who was like no one really knew what she was and then they they said, "Oh yeah, she's one of the ones," but she was like rejected cuz she was evil and then they they release her And the from... son wasn't? Well, I, she was more evil. So okay. Yeah. So the whole thing was that it was good evil and one in between. Okay. There's no more evil. I'm not saying that this makes sense. I'm just saying <laughs> that she ends up, you know, go uh, she ends up taking over Jedi's bodies and taking over people's bodies and using them as avatars and then and so she literally takes over two of Luke Skywalker's ex-girlfriends as a way to get to him and he has to kill both of them I had completely blocked wow. that out I read all of that I did it ridiculous I forget okay, it. Here's, and amazing here's the and thing. terrible the one the, like the ones are interesting concepts no, to play with <laughs> no they're not like from <laughs> Yeah. From a certain point of view, from an alternative fact <laughs> okay, okay. point of view. <laughs> but yeah, Abeloth is terrible, and that sounds like I. That sounds amazing. Like no, it, like it's amazing not. in terms of like how they wow. described her tentacles and her starry eyes and her like crazy star mouth a million times, and it was just gross. And like, like literally, someone suckled her tentacle. I'm not making that up. Someone suckled her tentacle. Thanks, Troy. And then Man, Luke, I thought the Vong were gross. And so Luke, like, literally went and he, he tracked down. Uh, Avaloth had taken the body of his ex-girlfriend, Callista, who, like, disappeared. And, like, and then he had to kill her. And then, of course, Avaloth, like, left as soon as Luke, like, mortally wounded her. And Calissa dies in Luke's arms. And I'm like, God damn you, Aaron Olsen, for making me actually sad about Calista dying. I hate her. And, and see, I always loved Calista, so that was really hard for me. And coming back to Dark Force Rising, <laughs> I do actually have Save serious thoughts on the book oh you do okay yeah, I do. go ahead i do um yeah it was it was really easy to forget especially in the later expanded universe novels that uh, non-jedi characters were really important to uh -huh. books and i really love i'm um, dark force rising in this whole trilogy of books for just not making luke do everything when <laughs> you easily could have Han and Leia get a chance to really do stuff, and it's great to see um, 
especially when uh, not too long later we were just uh, overpowered with only Jedi can do things. And I, I, yeah, like I said, like Han saves the day yeah. like two books in a row now. Yeah, and Card is a hugely important character. Yeah, uh, and you know they forget about how useful he is in the EU, which <laughs> always makes me like really confused because why would you not use that character <laughs> they were uh, probably like he's a smuggler so he's like han and we already have han so we don't need card ugh, whatever would, would be my guess i mean that's dumb yeah, but like that would be my is. guess so and then um and then also like you have thrawn who isn't a force user and is, ends up being like the most popular villain in the expanded universe so yeah uh matthew any last thoughts on these chapters or the book? But these, well, yeah, these chapters because we're supposed to, we're supposed to do a recap of the book next week. We'll see what happens. Okay, um, <laughs> podcast yeah, host discretion. <laughs> they're good. Um, the like I said, I was surprised that the Coral Vanda thing got wrapped up so quickly. Everything gets wrapped up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so these feel a little more rushed, I think, th- mm-hmm. than the uh, the conclusion of Air of the Empire did. But that's a minor complaint. Like, for the most part, it's it's all really good and satisfying. You know, it's paying off a lot of stuff. Um, you know, it it concludes the search for the Dark Force while at the same time, you know, advancing the plot for the next for the next book. Yeah. Um, so it does feel like a complete book, even though it, it you know, is the middle book in a trilogy. Yeah. Um, he does a really yeah, good like, job I, with that. I had... I had forgotten about Luke's like sensing Mara in danger thing. And I was surprised to to see that because I wasn't expecting that kind of thing so soon. You are not me. Uh, <laughs> and so, so that was, uh, that was nice and cute. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's good stuff. Amanda. Um, well, let's see the, uh, the lute played the flute, the cart played the harp, uh, the place played the bass. Oh my God. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I I like these yeah. chapters because I do think, although you do occasionally get the sense we mentioned earlier that things have become <coughs> important to get finished, uh, things get a little tighter. The narrative gets a little tighter here at the end because it's like, and we tie up all the threads. Yeah. I really like these chapters. I like, I like that he seems to have a really good grasp of what everyone is good at. Yeah. And I like that he gives us really subtle, like I mentioned with Leia and the ability to flip a switch with the force, which was not present earlier in the series. Like, I like that he's able to give us experiential senses of how characters are progressing. Right. Without, he doesn't say, and Leia's use of the force had improved so much he just lets her do the thing. Um, he doesn't say, and Luke and Mara are becoming bonded. He just lets Luke have this innate sense of Mara and rescue her. And and on the other side, not only is Mara in the Emperor's Palace being like, I'm trying to kill Luke Skywalker, but I kind of like him. Um, but also when she ejects from her ship, she has this thought about, well, Luke Skywalker survived this. But I had a reason to look for him and no one has a reason to look for me. And that she failed the emperor is her last thought. Yeah. Which is really depressing. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody has a reason to look for me. I'm going to die. But I think that. (laughs) Really good and subtle check-ins with 
character development. Yeah, and I, but totally. I think that's important because she has nothing and she's becoming part of something. So, yeah, I think that definitely um, <laughs> that's definitely good characterization for her. But yeah, that's my favorite part of these last chapters is that we really get to check in with how everyone has grown since yeah. the series opened He's... and not just the size of Leia. Right. <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, next week we're planning to um, review the book. I think what we're going to do is review the, f- go over the first two books, just kind of like do a where are we now type thing. <laughs> and uh briefly discuss you know what we think we want to see happen in the next book what plot threads they need to catch up on that sort of that sort of fun thing we were supposed to do that for the first book but we ended up not doing it so we'll do it now for this one and that means we don't have to read next week yay <laughs> i mean we're good so i hate fun, reading huh? reading stupid like, like luke skywalker i find reading difficult and onerous i'm gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna murder you um so yeah thanks all for joining us for another episode of the thrawn cast we are we do need to do one plug before we get before we get going Nancy. our plug plug yes plug the event oh yes i did last week but i'll plug it again uh you need to plug it again every week if you're if you are going to be attending star wars celebration or just happen to be in orlando on april 13th uh, you can buy tickets to Drowning in Moonlight, a Carrie Fisher Memorial Gala held that evening at 7.30 p.m. at the Rosen Center Hotel uh, poolside. We will be celebrating the life of Carrie Fisher, remembering her, um, having a good time, saying, throwing some glitter around, uh, doing some F-bombs. And all that good stuff. Raffling some F bombs tickets, auctioning off some amazing fan art. Yes. Um, all proceeds will benefit the Midnight Mission, which was one of Carrie's favorite charities. So come out and have a good time and help us uh remember Carrie. Um we are trying to put on a really good show for you guys and also uh do some good. So uh tickets are on sale now at eventbrite.com slash drowning in moonlight. And if you can't make it but still want to donate, you can go to paypal.me slash drowning in moonlight. Yes. And we would love to see you there. And if you know someone who uh, is a fan artist and would like to donate or you are a fan artist and would like to donate art, you can um, check out uh, the 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 official site website for the event should be up next week. But you can email me, Nancy, at TashiHeffenStation.net to uh, find out about contributing. So with that all said... Thank you for joining us for the Throncast. We are a Tashi Station podcast, and this episode has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and by you, our Patreon subscribers. You can find us all on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore station, Nancy Pants, that's Nancy with an I, Lane Winree, MR Bowers, Manda the Ginger, and Cyberpunk Warlock. That's Warlock with a K. You can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Tune in next week for our overview of Heir to the Empire and Dark Force Rising and our preview of The Last Command. Bye. Save the rebellion. Bye. Save the dream. Ha 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 